Welcome to the St. Michael Easter podcast series. My name is Chris Garada, and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this Easter is big love. God's holy work is fulfilled in the resurrection of Christ, the defeat of death itself. We have received the gift of new life, and we can use that gift to spread God's big love to those near and far. Joining Christians everywhere during this Easter season, we proclaim with joy, Alleluia, the Lord is risen indeed. Come, let us adore him, Alleluia. A reading from Romans chapter 14. Let us, therefore, no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in and of itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. If your brother or sister is being injured by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Do not let what you eat cause the ruin of one for whom Christ died. So do not let your good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The one who thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and has human approval. Let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean. But it is wrong for you to make others fall by what you eat. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. The faith that you have, have as your own conviction before God. Blessed are those who have no reason to condemn themselves because of what they approve. Here ends the reading. Today, I chose a reading that is pretty difficult for most of us. In Paul's letter to the Romans, Paul lays out what many believe is the most systematic presentation of Christian doctrine and identity in the entire Bible. Romans was written near the end of Paul's life, giving him a lot of time to work out his theology and help teach others what he discovered. Now, it's easy to forget that Christianity as we know it didn't come straight from Jesus. Jesus spoke a lot about the kingdom of God and the way God works in the world. Jesus spoke a lot about humanity's place in God's kingdom and our responsibility to love God and one another. Jesus even spoke a few times about what we should not do. Yet, with all that he spoke and taught and did, Jesus left a lot of questions after his resurrection and ascension. Now, I'm fond of saying that Jesus is inconvenient. Jesus is the kind of inconvenience we don't typically like because he was so open-ended. We receive extremely few direct boundaries or expectations from Jesus. Instead, Jesus' teachings are broad and wide. Jesus healed some people who asked for healing, and he healed some people who didn't ask. Jesus ate with the morally righteous people of his time, and he ate with those who were seen as moral outcasts. Jesus taught about God's kingdom in extremely open ways and directed his students to love, but he didn't put boundaries around that love. Now, we are only human, and we try our best to make sense of the world, and one way we like to make sense of our world is to create boundaries and rules and clear expectations so that everyone understands what they should and should not do so that everyone understands what they should and should not be. Now, those boundaries and rules are helpful when it comes to structuring a social order or healthy norms for community, 
But it's critical we acknowledge that almost every boundary we've established in Christianity comes from us, from our human need for boundaries, and not actually from Jesus. Back to Paul. Paul wrestled with the idea of boundaries throughout his ministry. Paul planted many churches and loved the people in those churches. And when they struggled to figure out how to be Christian, Paul wrote to them with his best attempt at navigating forward. Paul always wrote to a specific group of people in a specific place and time in order to answer specific questions. I don't believe Paul ever meant his letters to be used to create macro, fundamental Christian boundaries as so many people have done. Instead, I think Paul was working out how to follow Jesus too. Paul's letter to the Romans gives us a glimpse into the evolution of Paul's thoughts on how to be Christian. In today's reading, we hear Paul tell the Roman church, let us no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. If your brother or sister is being injured by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. So do not let what you eat cause the ruin of one for whom Christ died. Very succinctly, Paul delivers a huge statement with multiple heavy parts that we can skip over if we're not careful. As we parse these out, note that we don't much like any of what Paul says here because it goes against the way of the world. And let me just say that if you ever find a passage in the New Testament that appears counter to our culture, I bet nine times out of ten, it's actually the kind of cultural challenge we should genuinely consider. All right, so first, Paul writes, don't judge one another. Ah, that's pretty straightforward. And I definitely see Jesus epitomizing a non-judgmental approach to our human messiness. But we are human, and judgment comes so easily to us. Teaching ourselves not to judge takes time and energy, and that kind of work is never done. Second, don't put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. This too is straightforward, although now we get into the structure and doctrine and rules so many Christians like so much. As a disciple of Christ, we are called to grow toward God and to help others grow toward God in their own discipleship. Paul's reminding us that growth toward God is far more important than how that growth happens. So don't ever let any rules stand in the way of a brother or sister growing closer to God. Third, Paul writes that if a brother or sister is hurt by what we eat, we are not walking in love because we should never be the cause of hurting someone who is worthy of Christ's sacrifice. And just for the record, every person is worthy of Christ's sacrifice. Now, in this simple statement, Paul makes it quite clear that we cannot act in ways that hurt others. Put in a modern context, if we have an opportunity to show love and care and respect to someone by eating or speaking or acting in ways that might not be exactly how we'd like to eat or speak or act, being a follower of Jesus compels us to love the other person enough, more than whatever limits we've placed on ourselves. And finally, Paul hits hardest when he writes, Do not let your good be spoken of as evil. The faith that you have, have as your own conviction before God. Blessed are those who have no reason to condemn themselves because of what they approve. In other words, Paul is guiding the Roman church 
to cultivate individual relationships with God that create consistency in their own lives, but be wary of trying to oppose your way of life on another person. God has created each one of us in his image, and God's dynamism is never limited to just what one person or one group of people thinks. God is so much bigger than any one of us or any one group of us. God's truth, God's full identity, is represented in the beauty of the world through everything and everyone God has created. Far be it for us to put a limit on God simply because we are uncomfortable or inconvenienced or afraid. Jesus came not to affirm every fearful feeling or boundary we ever have, but rather to push us away from fear and to break down the walls that divide us so that we can begin to help our world look like God's kingdom, one defined by truth, righteousness, and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.